Hi, I'm Avery Young, and this is the Norris Jung Podcast. From the subway train to the soccer field, everywhere I go, people have a story to tell me about their experience feeding and caring for their new baby. And so I decided it was time to amplify those voices so we can all know what's real and what's possible and make those who are beginning their parenting journey feel a little less alone. Today, I'm going to be talking with Haley LaRosa about her journey with her amazing daughter, Avery, and her struggles with real and profound mental health and how that shaped her postpartum period. Hi, Haley. Welcome to the Nourish Jung Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you today. So why don't you, um, can you just get started and just let everybody know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your daughter and kind of your journey? Yeah, I'm Haley. I have a three-year-old. Well, she'll be three in a few days. I guess by the time this comes out, she'll be three already. But she's my first and only at the moment. And growing up, I knew I always wanted to be a mom. Um, I was super excited for that when it came around. And I think I just expected things to be super seamless and easy. I don't know. I I guess just like um, you don't know until you know. Um, And I guess it's naive, like looking back, but that's just where I was. And I didn't none of my close friends had kids. I think that was actually a big, big piece like nobody told me it was going to be hard to be honest. <laughs> like, like maybe I heard that from like older family members, but I take that with a grain of salt rather than like a close friend who is really like able to give you the real down and dirty of it all. So that's kind of like the main stuff I wanted to touch on today and I'll let you get into it. I, I feel like I'm rambling already. No, you're not. I can't, you have so much important things to share. So this was hard for you. When, when did the hard start? Oh yeah, for sure. So I was undiagnosed with anxiety basically my whole life. (laughs) So that is like, I had normalized living with anxiety and I was a high functioning anxious person. And so I just hadn't, it really had never been treated. I'd been in counseling like a bit, but I had always downplayed anything I'd gone through. (laughs) And Avery, you know, I have a background in school counseling. So I was actually a counselor before. And and I related to you because you're like, you know, somebody in the helping professions, it is easy to downplay our own needs because we're so focused on other people all the time. And so looking back, it, my anxiety was ramping up during my pregnancy for sure. So I guess that's why they call it perinatal mood disorders, not just postpartum. So, but I didn't realize it. Or maybe I thought it was normal or downplayed it. And then also the pandemic was happening and all kinds of things were, you know, threw us off during that time. So that didn't help, of course. Yeah. And let's pause for a second because I think just talking about being pregnant with anxiety and COVID is very profound in itself. I've had a lot of women here on this podcast who were pregnant and COVID, and that is a very underlying um, theme for everybody was how much fear there innately was. And that's without an actual like mood disorder that that makes those feelings of anxiety feel bigger than it may feel for somebody else. So that's a very real stimulus. 
Sure. And just all the changes, you know, that were happening. I was still working at that time. And like for part of this as a school counselor. So for part of the school year, I had been remote. And then like in my third trimester, basically, I was back in the school. And that was just a whole thing, like right before I was about to deliver. So, yeah, I just think there were so many unknowns that made people scared. What did hard feel like for you? So what did it feel like for you after you had Avery? Yeah, I mean, I think we had that honeymoon period for a couple of weeks. And I am glad that I kind of remember some of that, you know, when they're so sleepy in the beginning, (laughs) you're like, oh, this is hard, but like, actually, they're asleep a lot. (laughs) But that didn't last, of course. And I, I feel like I did have just like the baby blues or what I thought was that. I think it it probably was actually fairly normal in the beginning, but it slowly morphed. And you know, like she had all these like eating challenges and we had her tongue tie revised and stuff. And I was seeing a different lactation consultant before you, but we were coping fairly well until like month four. And that's when she, I mean, my anxiety was ramping up, but it was fairly manageable like how my normal had always been until like the end of month three when she was going through I guess that like four months sleep regression or whatever um and she was waking up like every 45 minutes at night and then she also was starting to reject like the breast with breastfeeding and that's when I saw you is when I was like it, it had started to get really bad. And I think when I walked into your office, I was just like bald, basically the whole. So th- I, I saw you at a breaking point, essentially. And you were super helpful, but I was already like, I was already too far gone to get mm-hmm. help with breastfeeding. Like my mental health was already too far gone. Yeah. And so it had nothing to do with you, but like, I just slowly spot, I mean, no, not slowly, fairly quickly spiraled um, from that point on with insomnia and just like anxiety, I just continued to get worse and worse. And I tried to get help, but I, I think like being in the helping professions, it almost made it worse for me. Cause I was in that mindset of like, nobody can help me. I was really thankful for you. Just like, I think I mentioned just like being somebody to like, look me in the face and be like, this is really hard and not just try to smooth things over as a lot of people in my life did. I have wonderful family and friends, but again, like the older family members were whatever, 30 years out from having a a newborn and just like, oh, it'll get better. And like all those platitudes that don't really help anybody. (laughs) And they don't want to see you struggling. Like, of course, my own mom doesn't, she's like beside herself. Like, I don't know what to do. And I was even pushing her away because I was ashamed to see her. So you almost need a third party. Like, like having you say it, like be there for me like that was super helpful. And I had one coworker who also, I am super thankful for her who had gone through postpartum depression and she just like continued to reach out to me. And I think calling too, not just like texting. Cause I think with texting people assume, Oh, she didn't respond. She's just busy. But like, she called me and she could hear like how desperate I was on the phone. So she would like continue to pursue like me and my husband and making sure that we were okay. And it's, I mean, my journey got to an extreme point, but I am still thankful for people along the way that were able to realize how bad it was, I guess. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said you coped, right? And I think that's really true for lots of families that are struggling, is that you cope until you can't. Anybody's coping is is you is as long as nothing changes and yeah. you're at the like end of your rope, then you can keep coping at the end of your rope. But if anything turns the heat up, you don't, you're out of coping skills. Like your body just ran out of coping skills. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> so yeah, of course I would like. In hindsight, I would have gotten on medication while I was pregnant, for sure. I'm sort of ashamed to say that I had a stigma against like mental health medication. I think yeah. it's just how I grew up. Like my mom's like kind of weird about prescription drugs of any kind. So like inadvertently that kind of like wore on me. And I don't think I even really understood like how an SSRI works. Like it doesn't, it's not like it changes your personality. But I think that's not just you, Haley. I think society has a stigma against medication. And I also want to say that we have a stigma against taking medication when, we, when we're breastfeeding. because And that's when I, yeah. And because my anxiety was ramped up, then that like the thought of even taking medication yeah. made me more anxious. So it was like this yeah. vicious cycle. It's just so compounding. I think that's the thing that is so important for people on the outside to hear is that it becomes this cycle that, like you just said, is compounding. Like you think you're helping by saying, hey, I think you need some medication. But when you're already in that spiral, then your brain just takes the thought of needing medication and that exacerbates your anxiety even more. It's not a helpful, even though that might be the right pathway, that the thought of that can even add to your um to your struggle. It did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. badly. But of course, it's like if I had been on an SSRI, I wouldn't have needed like some more extreme medications later, which I've tapered off of. But um, it went from like, you know, you can still breastfeed on an SSRI to there was a point where it's like I have to take some heavy drugs to sleep. Like, yeah, like I, I hadn't slept in weeks. And that's like not an exaggeration more than maybe 20 minutes. Um so I had like just totally gone cuckoo bananas, <laughs> um, which and in, in another thing you would say to me, Avery, is like your brain is lying to you, which was helpful. And like and now it's so easy for me. Like, I know it was not me. I was just sick. So I, it's easier to talk about like now. But yeah, there came a point where I had to. And my daughter also wouldn't take a bottle. <laughs> so that was another. So I was so scared about like taking some heavy. But I had like. I don't know, in my sleep depraved state, like I got her to take a bottle finally somehow. I was like, okay, this is it. Like we're, and I had no like nice ending with my breastfeeding journey. It was like, all right, uh, we didn't even wean. It was like, okay, I got to get on the heavy drugs now. So you're taking a bottle. But what if this is your nice ending? Because you made it back to her and she has you, right? That's that. I mean, that is the nice ending. Like the the breastfeeding is just an asterisk in your story. Like this is the most important part. We're doing great now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to like glorify like, like the getting better part was still really crappy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I think part of the problem is we do glorify it. Like why can't we have real honest conversations and not have to feel ashamed or embarrassed or... Mm-hmm. That, that anybody's done anything wrong. This is just one pathway of life that it's what it looks like for people. And it's so important that we understand that's true. 
And it's not because you did it wrong. It's because that was your pathway. And it's amazing that you made it through that pathway because you didn't like not everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. And Avery was a hard baby. Like, I think that was the thing is that you just had sort of lots of of things happening at the same, like together that sort of ended up being like the the compounding of her being hard and all and that situation being hard just sort of depleted your battery faster than you could fill it back up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's tragic that there are deaths from like maternal mental health. And I think that's something that largely goes untalked about. It's something that could have happened to me and is like, it's just terrifying and sad. And I am somebody that has resources to get help and I still got that bad and that close. Um, And I know there are a lot of people that don't have those resources and it's scary. Aside from taking an SSRI in pregnancy, because that's sort of like, now it's easy to look back in hindsight, right? And be like, oh, I wonder what would have been different if I had gotten, like we started support earlier to get to that point. Is there anything else after birth that you think could have been more supportive for you where you feel like, okay, this is what opened the door to the next thing? Yeah, I think like the fact that I, I had always wanted to be a mom and thought it would come quote unquote naturally. Like I feel like I rejected help a good bit. And I would encourage anybody to get a support plan early on or like in their pregnancy for just like getting a break. Cause I, part of my anxiety was I wouldn't leave her either. Mm. And now I'm like totally different. I'm like, oh, you want to go with the 13 year old babysitter for a couple hours? Sounds good. Um, <laughs> just so in some ways, I'm like a totally different person now that I came out of this. So it is, it's kind of hard to talk about, like, because I don't know that I would have accepted it, but mm-hmm. maybe somebody else could. Yeah, you know, just coming up with like more of a support game plan for that fourth trimester, I guess, how, how they call it like a support plan that the conversation needs to stop being about like, how do we have a baby? Like we we spend all of our time preparing for the actual birth, which like literally is out of our hands most of the time any, anyway, and very little time really thinking through how to prepare for plan A, B, and C if, if those things come along. When, especially when those Bs and Cs aren't like uncommon. <laughs> yeah. And I think it is a lot to expect of parents when they're pregnant to be able to grasp. (laughs) So I think that's part of the problem because it's way easier to grasp the birth. And even I had like, I did a birth class with this woman I really liked and she did touch on the postpartum stuff. And I think I was just, it's like, it's so much to hold in your brain that I just like, I couldn't focus on that. So I think, yeah, because I think I was like so focused on the birth and maybe just putting more of an importance on that part. Like, cause I just think at, at that, my brain was so full. I'm like, I can't think about another thing. Like, yeah. And I was like, you know, thankfully like uh, lactation support, they do come in the hospital. So I think I knew that was like a normal thing, but again, that's like where it seems like it's more for the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it can be for the mom too. I hope that's the ideal. Um, so I think that's why I was okay with lactation support, but just other support. Like, I think the idea of, you know, 
what do they call them? Like overnight doulas or um, postpartum doulas. Like I was totally like, who, like, why would I need that? Like, which in hindsight, I'm like, oh, anybody could use that. Like, <laughs> They're amazing. And I had to get, yeah, you helped me get a postpartum doula, but I was already so far like gone, but she still helped. So yeah, I wish I'd had that earlier. I think a lot of women struggle with getting postpartum doulas because it can be expensive and they yes. struggle with oh, yeah. giving themselves permission because the permission. society, yeah, society tells us that we're supposed to be able to do that. And then it makes us feel like a failure that we need it. And then now we're running through our family's finances for something that I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Which could add to your anxiety too. Yeah. And with the finance piece, I'm like, it is so true how it's expensive, but like my mental health got so bad at a point where we had to have help in the house. Cause mm-hmm. I, I essentially quit my job. Like I'm, cause I, I couldn't work. I was like disabled, uh, essentially by mental health. I have a different career now, but yeah, we had to spend so much money on like getting help in the house where I'm like, if we had just planned more and spent like that money more thoughtfully on the front end maybe it could have helped but obviously I'm not like trying to wish away like how things happen but yeah so if you have a final piece of advice for a new mom who's pregnant and listening right now or somebody that is starting to go down a pathway where things are starting to feel a little hard what would what would that be for them um probably like the pathway of it starting to get hard is just reminding yourself that you there's nothing wrong with you and that you can get help and that things can get better because when you when your brain is like hijacking yourself it's so easy to be like this is not going to get better and that was where I was for so long like this is not going to get better it can't get better So just like remaining to hold on to like the tiniest sliver of hope that you possibly can is better than like completely giving up and just finding those support people. And I will say like, if things get really bad, there are like um, emergency support lines and things like that. So you might want to throw up those numbers at, at some point. Yeah, we can definitely put those in the notes below. And then I can put them on my website too, because I think that those resources can be really helpful. So Thank you for bringing that up. And thank you for sharing your story. This is, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your story, that you were willing to do that because I think so many people can't because they feel like it, like there's a feeling the society doesn't talk about mental health. And so talking about it can feel like feelings of shame and other things that are just society's are just a reflection of society's inability to have these conversations that matter. So the fact that you were is such a gift to so many women. And I am so deeply grateful for that. And I'm sure that they are too. Well, thank you for your time. And for everybody listening in, thank you for being with us today. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and then tune in again next week and hear another amazing parent share their wisdom too. Do you have a story to tell? If your feeding experience has been transformative for you and you'd like to share it with others, then please let us know. We're always looking for new stories to let other people know what's possible. Just send your name and a short overview of your journey or even just your words of wisdom for new parents to stories at nourishjung.com. 
And if you need support or want to connect with other parents who understand what you're going through, then make sure you head over to nourishjung.com and check out the Nourish Jung community so we can help support you in your journey too.